Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today we're sticking strictly to breastfeeding as I talk with Sarah Johnson. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Let me tell you a little bit about Sarah Farrell Johnson. She is the author of So the name of my book that's coming out, I'm thinking in January, is going to be Mama, Your Worth is Not Measured in Ounces. And it's going to be a a up version, a redo of, uh, it's currently titled, I Just Can't Ducking Pump Anymore. (laughs) Let me tell you about her. Sarah is a teacher who has always put others first. And Sarah didn't quite realize that her self-worth was tied to her outside world until she became a mom, and she struggled with the challenges that really all new moms face. Now, she's had a thriving teaching career. Check. She got married. Check. She purchased her own home. Check. Breastfed her daughter? Yeah, not so much so. Sarah Farrell Johnson lives in Poconos, Pennsylvania, with her husband, daughter, son, and pets. She enjoys her career as a French teacher and a mom. She received her BS ed from Bloomsburg University and her MS ed from Moravian College. Her passion is helping others. Teaching is the way she shares that love. And writing is another passion. Sarah writes to help new moms or moms trying to breastfeed a second time with the mindset that it takes to breastfeed. There are a million how-to books out there, but I am telling you, because I read it, this book addresses really more about your thought process, getting in your side of your head to really help you to understand about feeling worthy when all those tips and tricks in all those other books just plain aren't working. And guess what? You've still got a breath. To, to feed your baby. So Sarah, uh, I got to tell you, I was really, um, you write really well. Clearly as a French teacher, I'm sure you have mastered language in general, but uh, it was really, it was very compelling. I And I'm not doing this by the way. All right. I'm old <laughs> enough Old enough to be your mother, maybe your grandmother, I don't know. Um, But but it really helped me to see how people really do struggle. And it really shouldn't have to reflect on your sense of self-worth. And yet, clearly for you, it really did. So sort of tell us a little bit about, uh, can you start with your first child? That was... That was the son, right? No, it was the daughter. Allie was the first one. Okay. Yes. So tell yes. us a little bit. Now, now, don't give us any spoiler alerts, all right? 
But just tell us a little bit about how that experience went. So let me just preface by saying I, I could not produce, produce much milk to begin with. Um, and the reason why is because I had a breast reduction when I was very young. I was 18 and um, I just thought, I, I don't want this attention anymore that I'm getting <laughs> from my body. And I didn't even really consider that breastfeeding would be something I would need to worry about. Um, the doctor at the time said, you might not be able to breastfeed. And I thought, oh, well, who cares? <laughs> it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's formula. Um, and so I didn't really worry about it. And when I had my daughter, Allison, I thought, okay, I might not be able to breastfeed. Um, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's probably not going to happen um, surgically due to the way things go. Um, and I struggled a lot. I just, I really struggled a lot becoming a new mom. I think all of us do. And um, when you're becoming a new mom and you're learning to breastfeed, all of this happens at a time where you're not getting any sleep. Right. right. <laughs> and your, your whole life has just been turned upside down. And so, you know, giving yourself some grace first and foremost is just so important. And I didn't do that with my daughter, Allison. She's my first. Um, she's four years old, four and a half years old right now. And um, I just, I could hardly produce anything. I had a six-week maternity leave. And um, after about four weeks into the maternity leave, I was only producing, you know, maybe a quarter of an ounce to a half an ounce at a pump. And um, it was just so stressful. And I, I felt so much pressure to provide for her because the formulas that I was giving her was making her very sick. Um, She was having belly issues and constipation. And, you know, I think for any baby, it takes multiple rounds of formula to try to get it right, you know, because we're meant to breastfeed. (laughs) They're meant to have mother's milk. Um, And so it's just not the best. It's the second best, you know, but um, you do what you can. and, And I ended up quitting with her after four weeks. And that really just like, damaged honestly it damaged my self-worth a lot and I just I couldn't believe that I stopped and but my mental health was starting to be at a point where it was like if I let go of the breastfeeding I can kind of just take a breath you know and I can kind of focus on all these other tasks that come with being a new mom and um you know like I said I had oh go ahead do you think you sort of tied up breastfeeding equals motherhood motherhood equals breastfeeding On a lot of levels, yes, because it's the first task, you know, that we really have to do to take care of our baby is, is, you know, they're not even sleeping. So it's not like you're sleep training them or anything. You're basically just changing diapers and feeding. And and if you can't do that, then it starts to feel like, oh, my God, I'm a terrible mom. I can't even feed my child. (laughs) Yes, yes. I was astonished at the number of descriptors that you had in the book. In one place, you had like, I don't know probably 12 to 15 descriptors of how you felt. Mm -hmm. And while I am sure that I have seen that sort of with mothers, I've never had a mother spill out 12 or 15 feelings all at once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the book is like really frank. It's very honest. It's written mother to mother and and it gets into, it gets you into my head. And and I'm really honest talking about exactly how I felt and what my thought patterns were. (laughs) And, and I, I do that in hopes that I, I can relate, other people can relate to me and, and relate, we all relate to each other and the fact that we're all in this together um, and nobody does this perfectly. And as long as you're giving it your best go, you know, that needs to be enough. 
So. so did you find yourself regretting that you had had the reduction? Did you blame yourself or did you just say, hey, what's done is done. I can't undo. I mean, you can't. You can't really go back there and put that tissue back on. You know, it's like uh, one time a hairdresser who said to me, Marie, if I get it too short, I can't glue the hair back on. You know, uh, what, what, uh, how, how are you feeling about the fact that you'd made that choice and now you had a consequence. Yeah, so it's definitely a consequence. And um, I regretted it for a little while. And then I did eventually get to a place where I'm like, you know what, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, because keeping yourself in the regret is just so unhelpful. Um, although I must say that there is a certain type of guilt that um, it's called BFAR is the acronym, Breastfeeding After oh, uh-huh. Reduction. So yeah. there's a certain type of guilt that BFAR moms have. And it's, you know, you did this to yourself, basically, even if it was medically for the best. Um, whereas a normal mom is kind of just like, oh, well, they don't even imagine that they're not going to be able to produce enough until maybe it doesn't happen. Um, so I did regret it, but I had to change my thoughts and feelings to not regret it anymore because it just wasn't serving me. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I've had, and by the way, for those of you who may not be familiar with BFAR, as far as I know, that acronym was invented by Diana West. And Diana was on my show several years ago, uh, and she also has written a book on breastfeeding after uh, reduction. But really, I think it's so hard for people for women to realize that they went into it thinking that this was going to be a good thing. And by the way, Sarah, it sounds to me like first it was a good thing for you, for your health, for your shoulders, for your pain, for all of that. And then this breastfeeding thing came along and it's like, whoa, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting when I talk to moms in our in our Facebook group for BFAR, I even get moms on there who say, you know, I've had a child already and I'm thinking about getting a reduction, you know, talk to me about what your experience was like with breastfeeding after reduction because I really want to get this reduction, but I want to have another baby. And I'm just like blown away that someone would even consider it at this point. Like with everything that I've been through, now they don't have my perspective, but it's crazy to me to think about that, like, you're doing this in the in between two children, knowing you might not be able to provide. It's it's so frustrating just because of the perspective and everything that I, I went through. Yeah, I had a talk with a mother just not very long ago, and I kind of basically said to her, is there any real rush here? Do you really have, because she was saying that they were going to try for another baby, and I can't mm-hmm. remember what time timeline that was, but I kind of said, do you, do you have to do it right now? Because I'm not going to tell you with absolute certainty that you're going to be able to 101% breastfeed your baby. I'm going to tell you, you may be able to breastfeed to some extent. And if that's okay with you, then okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for the whole enchilada, that may or may not happen do you really need to do this right now? Right. So, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, would you have given her similar advice then? Yep, that's what I would have given her. And I have seen moms online that that are able to produce a full supply. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in complete yeah. awe and I'm so happy for them. Yeah. Um, but there, it's, it's a risk. You need to understand the risk that you're taking and the consequences that, that might happen from that risk. So Yeah, consequences. There you go. And Sarah, what prompted you to get from 
this is my situation. I am the mother of this child, now these child children. How did you get from there to saying, I can write a book? <laughs> so I think it, my, my, my first write of this book, the I Just Can't Ducking Pump Anymore, which is still out there right now, but it's going to be taken off soon. It came from a place of deep, deep pain. <laughs> and um, okay. it's one of those things where it was like, this is the book that I wish I had had because I didn't uncover anything that covered the psychological or mental aspects of what it might be like if you struggled to not to produce for your child. You know, I, I, everything that I came across was these physical aspects and, um, you know, and, and, oh, you can do this tip and you can do this tip and it'll up your supply. And it's like, no, for women like me, it it really doesn't up my supply. (laughs) And um, I wanted to, I wanted to encourage people to, to stick with breastfeeding for longer, you know, even if they have a little supply. So with my second son, with Micah, we made it way past the four week mark. I really didn't produce any much more than I did with Allison. Um, But we ended up stopping around seven months and it was kind of his choice and it was kind of my choice and it just kind of felt right. Um, But I felt a feeling of success because I felt like I stuck with it and I did the best that I could. Um, And I, I had changed my mindset on it and it's just you just get to a place where it's like, it's good enough. And if, if you don't have the right mindset, you will stop. Um, I was watching this podcast the other day by Sasha Mayer. And she talks about there's 4 million women a year that give birth and 3 million initiate breastfeeding. Um, and then she says only 20% of women breastfeed for six months or more. Oh, and in the United States, it's even less than that. Okay. Yeah, maybe. She, yeah, that's she what the stat- been talking globally, but uh, yeah, it, it's a very small percentage. Yeah. And it's, it's sad. And as she talks about how breastfeeding has almost become a privilege instead of a right, um, mm-hmm. due to the many things, but she talks mainly about due to the lack of, uh, maternity leave and fraternity leave that's available. Um, and that we're just hiding breastfeeding. We're hiding behind, behind pumps and we're hiding behind, you know, covers and stuff like that. And we should be celebrating breastfeeding, you know, even if it's me and it's the little like half an ounce you can produce at the moment, like celebrate it, celebrate what you have. That's the way that you stick with it and you provide the nutrients for your child. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I hear you talking and I'm thinking I did not hear that podcast, but I hope that she included there to me. One of the biggest stupidest things is what happens in the hospital. And having been a hospital nurse for probably half or more of my career, I can tell you that we told women the stupidest things. And, of course, then they get off to a a poor start. So if you don't do well at the start, you you usually can't do well thereafter unless you happen to be lucky enough to to get some some support somewhere else. Uh, But that is another major factor. Sarah, there was something that just jumped right out at me in the book. And I don't want to hog the interview here, but I do want to tell you that I have heard this so many times from mothers as well as from professionals. And it's what I call the did you, did you, did you, did you. Okay. And you went through all of those. Oh, geez. (laughs) You did. Uh, you You didn't do it in the did you mode, but it was that you tried the fenugreek, you tried the Gatorade, you tried the fennel, you tried the oatmeal, you tried the oatmeal cookies. You gave a list of probably 20 (laughs) things. Oh, yeah. 
I just saw that, and all I could think of was what I have heard women tell other women. Well, did you try the oatmeal, Koopy? Did you try the defendant? Did you, did you, did you, did you, did you? And it's like, folks, ain't none of that going to work, all right? Because <laughs> it has never been proven to work. And it was, at least for me, refreshing to hear somebody just plain say it didn't work. And also, I don't think there was anything on that list that I hadn't heard before. Mm-hmm. I think you covered them all. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, your body was not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And putting all of this other stuff into your body was not going to do it. And I want to stop for just a moment. And I want to remind people that when people say to me, whether it's a mom or a professional, well, what do you think about this? Well, what do you think about that? Uh, I always come back with, you know what? You could probably try that if you want to. Oatmeal is good for people. If you like oatmeal, eat it. It's, you know, high, not high protein, but better protein than regular cereal. It's high fiber. It's all of those good things. Uh, By all means, eat it. Will it make more milk? I have no idea. But here's the thing. Nothing, not the oatmeal, not the fennel, not the whatever, None of that is going to do as well as frequency and complete draining of the breast. Mm -hmm. So if you've not had help with those two things, frequency and draining of the breast, all these other things are for sure not going to help you. And that, Sarah, that's for moms that have not had a reduction. So for moms that have had a reduction, it's like, yeah, you can try all that, but is it really going to be the magic bullet? And I posit probably not. So I offer a 90-hour lactation education course. It covers all 90 hours that someone needs in order to sit for the IBCLC exam. And that is, it meets the requirement. I will be running that course online pretty much forever. It is just been updated as of a couple of months ago, at mariebiancuso.com. I will say that again. It's mariebiancuso.com. And I'm probably going to be giving it live, but given the current COVID crisis, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. So just saying. All right. So (laughs) back, back to you, Sarah, because here's the thing. People really need the information that actually does work. But I'm going to tell you, All of these other things actually don't, unless they work in your head. But I do want to go to the head part. Now, um, my friend, and she is also a host on Voice America, uh, it's Sandra Reich. And she and I had a conversation some time ago about something. And I said to her, so in other words, Sandra, you're telling me that it's all the story in our heads. Mm -hmm. And she said, Marie... It's all the stories in our heads. Mm -hmm. It feels to me like a big piece for you with this more peaceful, if that's the right word, Mm -hmm. a more peaceful breastfeeding experience with your son was that you had a different story in your head. Is that true? That's very true. And it it really is. It's, It's everything's in your head and everything starts in your mind and then everything gets produced through your reality after it goes through your subconscious and your conscious thoughts. And there's a whole bunch of filtering there that I talk about in the book. Um, 
But yeah, if you look at, I turned to cognitive behavioral therapy essentially a little bit. I didn't see a therapist, but I started looking around at some life coaches and some cognitive behavioral therapy to help myself understand, well, how can I fix this situation? Because I don't want the same outcome. I don't want the same result. I don't want to quit after four weeks. Um, and I want to have a relaxed experience and I want the connection that breastfeeding provides because it's so important. Um, and when you think about, this is kind of morbid, but when you leave this earth, um, what are you going to remember? Are you going to remember all the physical stuff in your environment? Well, not really. You're going to remember the experiences that you had and the feelings that you got from those experiences. And you're oh, either, yes. you're either going to appreciate them and like them, or you're going to regret them and you're going to wish you had done things differently. And so when I, when I thought about my journey with Micah creating my story, I thought, you know, this needs to be a different story because I need to be successful this time. And for me, success is not tied to how much I can produce. And it shouldn't really be for anybody. Not that you should give up on your production or anything, but I, numbers the, aren't mess the whole story, right? Numbers aren't the whole story. And the message that I want to get out to people is that success should not be tied to your production and your worth shouldn't be tied to your production. And um, so I started learning about how my thoughts affected my reality. And when I first started reading about this I thought that's crazy your thoughts don't don't affect your reality at all you know you you can't think something and ta-da it appears no you can't but your thoughts so essentially your thoughts create your feelings and then you yes. make de decisions and then you act on those feelings or you don't act on those feelings it could be any any route and I have this in my new book I have this area called the lotus practice and I talk about how our situations may be out of our control um, but our thoughts about those situations are in our control and that is where our power is and that is what we need to focus on and if, if you're looking for an end result and you're looking for success it's all about your thought patterns and what you're feeding your subconscious mind and um, those thought patterns will produce feelings in your body that you will be compelled to act upon and so it's very complex to explain but they're all tied together yeah. and um, yeah. and with Mike I use that information to create a new story which was quitting when I felt it was time, when it felt right for him. I was hardly producing much at all by the end. Um, I started dropping some pumps at work here and there and um, his teeth were coming in and just certain situations were happening that I just felt like, you know what, for us, I feel like my success level was met and we decided to stop around seven months. And, and I said, you know what, I'm okay stopping because I have uh, so much donor milk. Um, one of the things that I did the second time around you need to be careful with but um, I got a lot of donor milk from a friend and from some other people that I knew and um, I, I felt like he I had reached that goal with him like I didn't have to give him much formula and um, we got to just enjoy that connection you know it's all about the connection that you have with your baby and so like I was saying at the end of your life are you going to feel like you had that relaxed enjoyable connection um, and I felt like I got that with Micah so yeah I'm thinking about that old saying of nobody has ever been on their deathbed and said, gee, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. Mm. And I'm thinking on your deathbed, you shouldn't have to say, gee, I was able to pr produce 25 ounces a day. Mm -hmm. you know, is that really what you're going to say? No. 
No, I hope you say like, oh my God, it was so nice to enjoy the experience experience and bond with my child and and come into my confidence and breastfeed in public and show who I am as a mom and show other moms that this is valuable and worth it and that we deserve to stand up for each other and promote this in society. Like there's so many other levels you could take it to when you start <laughs> to understand your self-worth. Like yeah. seriously. Yeah. yeah. Sarah, it happens that as I hear you talking, I'm thinking, I'm reading a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Mm -hmm. It is by Shad, S-H-A-D, Helmstetter. And his basic premise is that we do too much negative Mm self-talk. And as I read your book, I was thinking there was a big chunk of that. I'm not a good mother. I'm not a good enough mother. I'm not making milk. I'm not making enough milk. I'm not making enough milk to satisfy my child, blah, 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 blah. Do you think that you gave yourself that negative self-talk, but then when you had your son, do you think you cut it out and you started towards some more positive self-talk? Yes. So with my son, with Allie, it was like despair from the beginning. She had trouble latching from birth at the hospital and I didn't really clear that up when I left. And so I, I didn't end up having a lactation consultant in my home. I didn't think I could afford it and my insurance didn't cover it, which is a whole nother problem. Um, but with Mike, I was like, I'm willing to do anything. And I, I did get him to latch in the hospital. And um, I started, I was so excited that I would produce more with Micah. And I, I didn't really, like, it did kind of, it did kind of, in, in uh, ugh, cut this part out, my stuttering. Uh, it did get better um, when I used the SNS, the Supplemental Nursing oh, yeah. System. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was so beneficial because he was on the breast longer. And so, like you talk about, you remove the milk, it gets more milk. And that did happen. I did get more milk. Um, but still, nowhere even near enough for, like, one bottle a day. Um, but my thought patterns were different at the beginning. They were much more loving. I was like, well, let's give it a go and and I can do this. And then I did almost reach another point that got similar to Allie where I was like, oh my God, I'm still not producing enough. I can't do this. I can't do it this way. And then I caught myself. And so uh-huh. having that ability to be the observer of your thoughts is so, so critical when you start to see results coming that you don't like. You need to take a step back and you need to be the observer of your thoughts. And that's what I did. And you need to say, these are not thoughts that are going to help me with where I want to go. And so the thoughts that started come up, coming up with Micah were like, these are not thoughts that are going to help me breastfeed. I had originally wanted to do the whole year. So I'm like, these are thoughts that are not going to keep me breastfeeding for a whole year. I need to change my thoughts and I need to find a way to do that now. Um, And so I did. Yeah. Wow. I I really admire you for, 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 for first of all, having enough self-awareness to realize that you were talking yourself into the ditch Mm -hmm. and for then realizing, no, this is something I do have control over. Uh, Sarah, Talk to us a little bit about, I know that you've done some self-coaching and I know that you have that new model that you have created. And I'm not sure if I want to steal your thunder on that. I'm not sure you want to steal your own thunder because I think it's going to come out in your new book, right? But anyway, (laughs) uh, can you talk to us about some other tools that you would give to mothers who are really hard on themselves or struggling during their breastfeeding journey with or without the breast reduction, I might add. Yeah. Uh, what kind of tools would you suggest for them? 
Yeah, absolutely. So struggle is not necessarily related to the reduction and and it doesn't even have to be related to supply. There's so many different things that you can struggle with when you first learn to breastfeed. Um, The first thing I would tell people, and these are kind of the chapters of my new book, is that you need to have love for yourself and it needs to be on it needs to be unconditional and it needs to not be related to anything that you're experiencing with your child. And you need to feel secure enough to say, I am good enough in my own skin with everything that I'm trying and everything that I'm doing. And I don't need to stress myself out and make myself sick over it. You know, I deserve this unconditional self-love for no reason at all. There's nothing that it needs to be tied to. It doesn't matter what skin color you are, what race you are, what gender you are, what religion you are, none of that we are all humans. We all deserve this unconditional self-love. And then some of the other tools I talk about in my book, it's so important is visualization. And so that's kind of creating your own story, but just visualizing beforehand or even during, you know, how do I want this to go? You know, how do I see the story going for me? How does it feel? Why do I want to do it? And just digging at it deeper and just visualizing and producing that image in your mind. Because when you're doing that, you're actually sending it into your subconscious and your subconscious controls 95% of your physical, like your, um, your reactions throughout the day, like your autopilot type of reactions. So if you're visualizing, you're sending setting an amazing precedent uh, for your breastfeeding journey. And then with visualization also kind of goes guided imagery. So while you're pumping or while you're feeding your baby, there's so many videos on YouTube. You could just listen to peaceful music or whatever it is just to get your mind and your body physically relaxed and in a place because we know that breast milk, you know, the letdown alone, um, and then what the baby will transfer, we know that if it comes from a relaxed place in your body, you know, that letdown will occur. Um, Setting goals for yourself and committing yourself to those goals. I talk in my book about um, there's a a process called SMART um, and just really deciding what are my goals? You know, why is this important to me? You know, taking the time to talk with other mothers and your mother and, and to do the research you know, with the World Health Organization or pediatrics, there's so many great organizations, but, you know, just deciding, well, how long do I want to breastfeed? And and what does that look like for me? What's my goal with my situation? Does it involve pumping? Does it you involve, know, go ahead. I want to interrupt for just a moment. And I want to say, in my experience, people who write goals, but don't have the visualization usually do not achieve their goals. Nope. Yep. And you, and you have to write it down and you have to post it somewhere every day that you're going to see it. And you're give yourself a sticker, you know, like whatever you need to do. (laughs) Every day you breastfeed, give yourself a sticker. Like that's not lame. I don't care. We all like stickers and it's worth it. You got to reinforce it. Um, You know, another, I call these serenity tools in my book, a serenity tool, you know, so using that practice of, of being aware of your thoughts and your mindset and, and being the observer, there's so much to learn there, but once you, can kind of learn the basics of it, you're really going to start to catch yourself um, when you're breastfeeding and you're at a point and where you're like, this is not serving us. You know, I need to change gears here. You'll be able to catch yourself as an observer when you're observing your thoughts. Um, I also talk about silencing your inner critic um, and just that's related to your thoughts, but we all have this critic in our 
our minds. It doesn't matter what subject it is. That just tells us we're not good enough. (laughs) And, um, you know, you know what, give that critic a name, name it, Bob, (laughs) sorry, Bob, you know, whatever, like give him a name and shove him out of your brain and just keep him separate from you and just be like, you, you have no power over me here. Like uh, you don't deserve to criticize me. So just kind of naming that inner critic and getting it away from you. Um, focusing your emotions, your emotions have so much sway over your decisions and your actions. Um, so I, I, I talk about a process of focusing your emotions to make sure that you're on the path you want to be on. One of those ways is affirmations. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, some of this feels like spiritual yeah. stuff. And um, it's not a particularly spiritual book. It's more of a practical book. But I, I do, yeah, I do think that... Um, spirituality doesn't need to be left out you know we all have something different with it but um but affirmations you know finding those thoughts that resonate with you repeating them to yourself it's with the visualization too giving yourself those images and those words you know what is that phrase that i'm gonna say to myself right you know when i'm struggling and i know that i need something you know and writing i am big on affirmations it absolutely works i do it too it works and you need to find affirmations that you believe in. So you can't find one that is so far <laughs> ahead of where you are. Like if you're in a real negative state, you can't find the most amazing affirmation and just say it and lie to yourself. You know, a little bit of it is kind of fake it till you make it, but your affirmation does need to be believable <laughs> for you. And it you also know. needs to be stated in the present. Yes. So you, know. you should not say to yourself, I will lose weight. Right. You should say... Or, or I will breastfeed. I, can you tell I'm on the weight thing here? Oh, I'm on the um, weight but, thing too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so I read this one that said, I, I lose weight easily. I'm thinking, no, I can't tell myself that because I don't really believe that. But what I can say is I have made all the right choices for food today. And I, I am losing weight steadily. Yep. Um, steadily is not easily, you know? Uh, so yeah, I'm big on affirmations. What about mindfulness? Yep, definitely mindfulness. Like while you're breastfeeding, oh my God, are you enjoying the journey? Like seriously, are you going to pause, take a breath and just appreciate just being in the moment really and and just noticing everything around you? Can you can you feel the energy and, and the goodness in your body that you're providing to your child? You know, can you can you just appreciate all the little coos and all the little touches and all the sweet Aww. little finger rubs? You know, can you just, can you just stop and, and get out of your head for a little bit now and and just be in your, be with the moment, you know, and it's just, that's, that is so key to later on, you know, realizing that, yeah, I was successful and I completed this journey that I had. You have to actually stop. You can do all the goal planning and visualization you want. It's so important, but at some point, our brains are on overload and we need to yeah. just stop, especially yeah. while we're in the breastfeeding session or even the pumping session, either of it, just appreciate. I'm so thankful, you know, for this time and this energy and this gift that I get to give my child. Um, and then the last resource that I have here is build, a, build yourself a mom tribe. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the amount of help that you need as a new mother is, is unreal. Um, some people have good access to quality uh, therapists or, or lactation consultants, and some of us don't. Um, but even if you do, building yourself a mom tribe is really what happens as you go on and on and, and letting them support you and letting them just listen to you and let them give you feedback because, 
you know, I have a book here and I have a whole, a whole mind going, but the more minds you can put together, oh my goodness, the more amazing things you're going to uncover and the more support you're going to have. Um, and so I started, I even started a Facebook group now attached to the book. And so I have a page, but this is a group where all the moms are coming together as a community. And we're just all there to support each other and to talk about all these different tools in the book and, and how we can make them work for us or troubleshoot with the tools and, and how they're working. So if you have no mom tribe at all, I am here for you and I have a group for you here too. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, um, Sarah, how do we find your Facebook? So it's facebook.com slash mama, your worth, Y-O-U-R, your worth, because it's your worth is not measured in ounces. So mama, your worth, you can find the group or the page. And remind me, but I think you spell mama with two M's, right? Uh, just one, mama, oh, M-A-M-A. Okay. Yep. Okay. Mama, your worth. Somebody else that I saw today. Uh, yeah. If you had it all to do over again, and then we'll kind of close out for the day here, but uh, if you had it all to do over again, is there anything that you would do differently? I suspect the answer is yes, but what one thing would have really changed it all for you? (sighs) What do you mean by it? Like both of my journeys or... Just in general, the whole breastfeeding experience? The whole breastfeeding experience. Uh, Honestly, most of it I wouldn't do over. I've come to peace with the fact that I had the reduction. I don't regret it anymore. Um, I don't let it bother me anymore. And it's produced this wonderful book that I I hope will help others. So I can't say that I would undo it at this point. Um, But I honestly, if I could redo something, I would say, could I have found this place sooner? Could I have given myself some more unconditional love sooner? Right. And, um, and use these tools because it's not even just breastfeeding. Like it was uncovered through the breastfeeding, but oh my God, once I uncovered, once I discovered that my worth isn't really there and it wasn't what it deserved to be. And I wasn't viewing myself, you know, in the, I give, I give others so much unconditional love. It's unbelievable. My students and everything, but for myself, it just, I thought it was there, but it really wasn't. Um, and so I think it's, it's a never ending process, but boy, do I wish that I could have started that process sooner and um, just really known my, known my worth earlier. <laughs> yeah. Because when I asked you that, I, I thought you would say pretty much what you said. And to me, it just boils down to if there's one thing you could change, it would be your self-perception. Yes, for sure. Yes, yeah. for sure. Because I can really see how, as we've talked today, it you were at least mostly at peace with the surgery part. You were at peace with the fact that you had made the breastfeeding decision. I never heard you blame somebody else. I never heard you blame the system, which I probably would have done. (laughs) (laughs) But what I heard throughout all of your talk was that your your self-perception was your own undoing. Yep. And as soon as you recognized that, it was a game changer for you. And it's true for so many of us. Like, we think that we have enough self-worth, but oh my God, once you start this journey of self-discovery, you're going to start to realize, whoa there's so many more things that I should be doing for myself and I deserve that I'm going to start implementing, you know? Absolutely. Self-care, major, Mm -hmm. major piece. Oh yeah. Sarah Farrell Johnson, uh, the uh, author of the book, I can't ducking pump anymore. will 
the the book is still on sale at this moment. Her new one will be coming out. I would encourage all of you to take a look at that. I know that it will be on Amazon. I I will also make a reference to it on my own website and uh, will wish Sarah absolutely best of luck with all of her future endeavors. Thank you so much for being with me today, Sarah. Oh, thank you for having me on your show. I was so nervous. You have so many wonderful like PhDs and medical <laughs> medical practitioners. And here goes my self-worth again going, oh my gosh, am I really good enough to be on the show? But you know what? We all have something to offer other people. Oh, absolutely. That's right. We all have value. So thank you very much, Marie. And if I haven't convinced you, I hope that Sarah has convinced you that babies are born to be breastfed. And I hope that you will join me next week and every week as we talk about the fact that your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.